how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power and how he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil for God was with him. The devil will do nothing in your life except harass you and oppress you and try to pull you back and destroy you. He makes that sin look so good. He makes it look so nice. But then when you've already committed to the lust and you've already committed to the sin thereof, when you're at the the back end of it and the bottom side of it, you feel dirty and nasty and filthy and defeated and there's condemnation and conviction. But the Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Amen? So the devil is going to whip you. He went around and, and the devil was harassing and oppressing and God was with Jesus Christ. And Jesus came to set at liberty them that are bruised. He came to set us free. Not only does God want you to be clean, but He wants you to be free. He wants you to be free in your mind. He wants you to be free in your spirit. He wants you to be free in your heart. He wants you to be free from the pull of the world. And guess what? It's a lot easier to live for God hard than it is to live for God easy. When you come in the church and you come in the kingdom of God, push the pedal to the metal and let it rip. Live for God as hard as you can. Show up at every prayer meeting. Show up at every breakfast. Show up at every church service. Show up for every Bible study. Do whatever you can to live for God as hard as you can. Come on now, you've lived like hell all those years for the devil. You might as well live like heaven for God for a while, shouldn't you? One of these days, you're going to come to church and the same arresting officer that arrested you 42 times for domestic violence is going to be sitting on the same row with you. And both of you are going to have your hands in the air worshiping the same God that sets you free and the same God that turned you loose from sin. Now, well, would that be something? Let's go on or I'm going to get stuck here again. And as we were on our way to the place of prayer... We met a slave girl who was possessed by a spirit of divination, claiming to foretell future events and to discover hidden knowledge. Now, notice Luke puts in here, he wrote the book of Acts, by the way. Luke did. He said she claimed to foretell future events. She was possessed by a spirit of divination. I believe that you can be possessed of the devil. Now, it sounds weird to some people, but I believe you can. And she brought her owners much gain by her fortune-telling. She kept following Paul and the rest of us shouting loudly, These men are the servants of the Most High God. They announce to you the way of salvation. Now it's so interesting to see how the devil recognizes men of God. Because the devil gets nervous whenever a Holy Ghost-filled man or woman of God enters into the same space that he's occupied for years. There was an old preacher down in Louisiana. His name was Brother Barnes, T.W. Barnes. And they asked Brother Barnes one night. Now, Brother Barnes, I've met him several times. And he was a man of prayer. And he was a man of authority in the Holy Ghost. And they asked him, they said, Brother Barnes... We know that you're real sensitive in the spirit. Doesn't it bother you when you go into hotel rooms and you can feel those demons in those hotel rooms? And he looked at them. He's just no country boy. 
And he'd say, you know, I'm not too worried about those demons that are in that room because when I walk in that room, those demons better be worried who just walked in that room. And that's what we need to do as a church and as a man and woman of God and as a saint of God. We need to realize that God has given us power and authority over all the power and the authority of the dark world. Amen? You are on the victory side. You are on the winning side. He said, behold, I give you power. And he said, nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's why the devil wants to fight this church. That's why he wants to send in schisms and, and disunity. That's why he wants to throw things in there to try to get us talking about this one and talking about that one and all of this other stuff. That's why he wants to keep people out of the church and he wants to keep you in, in chains of darkness because he knows that if you ever come in the presence of Jesus, if you can ever step out of that addiction and just feel and bask in the glory of God for a while, that there is a power that will set you free that there is a power that will loose you from those chains of darkness amen so this demon that is, is calling out of this woman this little girl and she's saying these are servants of the most high god i find it quite flattering when i can go somewhere and cause demons to squeal somebody said aren't you afraid of the devil no because my dad's bigger than he is all I have to do is when the devil is trying to remind me of my past is I just need to remind him of his future. And he knows that his time is short. And he knows that sooner or later he's going to be bound up with chains and bound for a thousand years. And then he's going to be loose for a short season. But the old book says that the final outcome is that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And Satan also with them were cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. The devil has already been defeated in your life Friend, you just need to believe it. I said, you just need to believe it, okay? Now let's go on. And she did this for many days. Then Paul, I think here's where we got stuck last week. Being sorely annoyed and worn out, turned and said to the spirit within her, I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very moment. Because that's what we're going to do with the devil. We're going to push him to the limit and we're going to boot him out of here. So he's sorely annoyed and he is worn out. And he finally looks at this girl and he doesn't talk to the girl. He's talking to the spirit that's inside of this girl. He's saying to her, I'm charging you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And the spirit came out that same moment. There are times in your life when you're going to finally get to the point where you are so annoyed with it, you are so fed up with it, you are so sick and tired of it that you will do whatever it takes to take authority over this thing. I received a couple emails this week and one of them was an email that said, I've been going through some situations with my health and I've been fighting this and I've been fighting that. And, she, and they said, I have decided that I was sorely annoyed. Listen, when you lay down with the dogs, you will get up with fleas. 
And when you get to the point that you are so sick of getting the smell of evil in your life and the smell of sin in your life and you're so sick of having that, of having all of that blackness on you and that darkness on you, there is a man, a Galilean with a promise that said, whosoever drinks of the water of life that I give him shall never thirst again. But this spake he of the Holy Spirit, which was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me. And guess what the invitation is today? Why don't you come and get some water? Why don't you come and take a break from your life? Why don't you come and get out of that darkness for a while and let's sit down with me and let me eat with you and you eat with me and let me talk to you a little bit and let me minister to you a little bit. Jesus wants to give you victory. Jesus wants to give you freedom. Jesus wants to move in your life and allow you to walk clean and free and holy and feel good about yourself. Sorely annoyed and worn out. The devil will wear you down and wear you down and wear you down. Just by being alive, we get worn down. We get worn down when bills come in and the money is not there. We get worn down when the truck breaks down and the money is not there. We get worn down when we're doing everything we know to do and we still get sick in our body. We get worn down. We get worn down when we're in school and we do the, the studying and we prepare for the exam and we fail the exam. We get worn down. We get worn down with life. We get worn down with pressure. We get worn down with addictions. We get worn down with our past. Listen, the devil will bring up your past as much as you allow him to use it against you. But when you finally get to the point where you say, I have had enough of you talking about my past, then he's not going to be able to use that against you anymore. You will only give the devil, and the devil will only have as much room in your life as we allow him space. You know? When you let your thinking get out of hand and your thinking becomes stinking thinking, then you're going to have problems. You've got to gird up, the Bible says, to gird up the loins of your mind with what? Ladies' home journal? Gird up the loins of your mind with Sports Illustrated? Gird up the loins of your mind with money? Gird up the loins of your mind with, with trying to, to attain, with trying to possess, with trying to accumulate. No, gird up the loins of your mind with truth. Let the truth of the Word of God sink into you. Now I'm preaching right now, and somebody is hearing the devil say, that guy is just full of himself. He's up there, he's got a nice suit on, and he thinks he knows everything, and he's trying to tell you how to live. And you know what? You shouldn't listen to him. There's somebody the devil's telling that to right now. Guess what? I've got 28 years in clean free sober drug free guess what i'm still living for god and if we went around this room there's 16 years and there's one year and there's 90 days are you hearing me and there's 20 years and there's come on somebody i'm talking about you being free i'm talking about knowing what i'm talking about i'm talking about if you put yourself on the cross with jesus christ and say you know i can't do this by myself anymore then he's going to come and help you he's going to come and give you power he's going to give you what it takes to be a winner and he came out that very moment now notice the devil didn't put up a fight notice he didn't have to scrim scrimmage with the devil he didn't have to fight with the devil the devil came out from that very moment there's one place in the book of acts where they actually took handkerchiefs and napkins from the body of paul 
And the Bible says that from the handkerchiefs and the napkins that they gave them to people who had evil spirits and the spirits left that very moment. Guess what? The devil can't even put up with a handkerchief that's taken from a man of God. Anybody got a handkerchief? Pull it out. Come on. Now don't wave it. Just pull it out. All right, you got that handkerchief? It's just a little piece of cloth. There's nothing magical about it. But when it comes from the right source, a source of anointing and a source of light and a source of power and a source of the, a source of the Word of God, then there's going to be power in that that even a demon from hell cannot stand against a little piece of cloth that has come from a man of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God wants to give you victory over the enemy. And the enemy is so weak, really, that he can't even put up with a Holy Ghost-filled handkerchief. So when he's telling you you can't be free, when he's telling you you can't live the way those other people live, when he's telling you you can't be victorious like those other people have been victorious, you know you see these things on TV where these people buy all this real estate, you know, and in 37 weeks they're out there in Maui somewhere sipping a pina colada saying we did it because Carlton helped us. And you look at that and you say, well, that'll never be me. Or you turn on the radio and you do the three-step plan. Hi, we're so-and-so from Illinois. We live in a cornfield and we did the Andy Willoughby three-step plan and bless God, we're free now. We're set free. And in your mind, you're thinking, but I've got so much debt. I've got this, I've got that. I can never be like that. They can have it, but I'll never be like that. And I know everybody's thought that at some point in your life. And it's the same way in the church. You look at somebody that's got 16 years or 30 years or 20 years or 90 days and you say, but I'm stuck where I'm stuck and I can't be like that. Oh, let me tell you, my good friend. Yes, you can be free today. Yes, you can change. Look at that. Yes, you can change. Somebody needs to say, I can change. I can change. I can be free. I can be full of God. I can be free from all my past, and I can be full of God in my life. You can be free. You can be free. We don't make you come in here and put a robe on and a hood over your head and send you to the Himalayas for 16 years to write down on tablets of paper. They caught hold of Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities in the forum, the marketplace, where trials were held. Guess what? The devil's not going to like losing you. Uh-oh. The devil is not going to like losing you because he has you now. I want you to think back to the last time you smoked a joint. I want you to think back to the last time you lied. I want you to think back to the last time you got inebriated. I want you to think back to all those times. Guess what? The devil wasn't fighting you. You went into that bar and did the devil say, you better not go in here. The devil said, get on in here and get you a long neck. Get a Bud Light. That's what the devil was telling you. He wasn't saying, you better hurry up and do that line Brother Tracy's on his way. No, he's telling you, sniff it as hard as you can and as fast as you can. My Lord, get a 14 aluminum scoop shovel. That's what the devil's telling you. Because the, Jesus said the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The devil comes to rob you, to mug you, to beat you up, 
to rape you, to violate you. The devil sends people into your lives to cause you misery and pain. The devil sends situations into your life to get you down and discouraged and depressed. The devil just makes wants you to get into this thing and then once the cocaine is in your body and once the alcohol is in your body and then when you come out of it, you feel like just pull the covers over my head because I failed again. The thief comes to do all of that. But there was a man named Jesus Christ and he said but I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly Jesus Christ came to give us good life he came to give us the original high life amen oh if you are a participant in the high life why don't you stand and give him a praise right now I'm not talking about high life. I'm talking about Jesus' high life. I'm talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Woo! All right, sit down. I ain't got much time. Got to baptize people. Got to preach the word of God. So the devil is not going to be happy. The people associated with you are going to call you holy roller. They're going to call you Jesus freak. They can call me whatever they want. Just don't call me late for lunch. Hallelujah. Especially if you're buying. Their prophets were gone. They got a hold of the preachers that messed everything up. It's always amazing how the preachers mess everything up. It's always amazing how men of God and women of God always mess up stuff. Why? Because the devil does not want to lose control of you. He doesn't want you coming to this church. He doesn't want you affiliated with us. He doesn't want you any part of us. Why? Because we believe that this is a place where you can get clean and free and liberated, where the power of God can get down in your gizzard, amen, and set you free from those things that hold you bound. And the devil is not going to be happy about it. But I've got news for the devil. Tough. He's just going to have to get over it and get a life, amen? And when they had brought them before the magistrates, they declared, these fellows are Jews and they are throwing our city into great confusion. Because the devil wants things business as usual. The devil just wants you to stay right where you're at, locked in your doubt, locked in your fear, locked in your crime, locked in your sin, locked in your dungeon of darkness. You see what he wants? He wants you to stay right where you're at. He doesn't want you to start thinking on your own. The biggest contributor to the reformation of the church was the printing press. Because the printing press allowed the Bible to get into the hands of everyday folks. Because until that time, the Bible was only for the scribes and for the priests of the church. And so they could tell anybody everything they wanted to tell them. And nobody could say, I don't think so. Section C, paragraph A, part B says this. How can you know what's wrong if you don't have an owner's manual? So when the printing press came about, and everyday common man, that's us, got a hold of the word of God, that's when Martin Luther could say, you know what? The just shall live by faith. And things began to happen, and the Reformation began to take place. And it was the devil that was saying, these men have caused, these men have caused confusion in our city. And when you come to a Holy Ghost-filled church, you know, we're not like other churches. But now you've discovered that the only way to spell relief is J-E-S-U-S. That's the only way to get relief. And then you start to say, now, you know, I just want you to know that I will not be able to participate in the extracurricular activities of this study group any longer 
but I would like to invite you to go to church with me and find what I found. And some will and some won't. So what? You're going to get the ones who will and the ones who won't. Hopefully they'll get around to it and get some wisdom and come on in later. But as for you and your house, you're going to have to serve the Lord. Amen? You can't go back to that pit that you came out of. You can't go back. How many times have you got stuck in a snowdrift and when you get pulled out and free, you put it in reverse and put the thing right back in the snowdrift? You don't want to go back in that snowdrift because that snowdrift held you bound. And once you got free from it, you were free. When that addiction that's holding you, when you are finally free from it, when that depression that's holding you, you get free from it. When that situation in your life that you get free from, you feel good, you don't put it back up in reverse and say, I think I'll go back one more time. No, because he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You don't go back to where you came from. You start pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Oh, come on, let's give him a little praise now. They encourage the practice of customs, which is unlawful for us Romans to accept or observe. And the devil always has a good reason to argue. The crowd also joined in the attack upon them, and the rulers tore the clothes off of them and commanded that they were beaten with rods. Let's go. And when they had struck them with many blows, they threw them in prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. He, having received a uh, a so strict a charge, put them in the inner prison of the, the dungeon and fastened their feet in the stocks. Okay. But at midnight, as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the very foundation of the prison were shaken, and at once all the doors were opened and everyone's shackles were unfastened. Guess what? You may be doing the will of God and still find yourself in prison. You may be doing the will of God and still find yourself in a mess because it takes a while to get out of the harvest of the dark seed that you've planted all your life. But listen, you keep walking and it just gets further and further with every step away from you until you come to the point where you look in the rearview mirror and it's not even there anymore. All of us have a past. All of us have problems. Look at your neighbor and say, I've got problems. And look at him again saying, so do you. That's right. We all got problems. You've all got problems. I've got problems. I know it's hard for you to believe that I have problems, but I do. But we're all in this, and we see ourselves in prison, and we're wondering, I was just trying to do what's right, and now I'm stuck. Let's see. But all the shackles were unfastened. Okay. When the jailer startled out of his sleep, saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was at the point of killing himself because he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Do not harm yourself, for we're all here. It's all good. It's all right. Let's go on. Then the jailer caught the, called for the lights and rushed in, and trembling and terrified, he fell down before Paul and Silas. He brought them out of the dungeon and said, Men, what is it necessary for me to do that I must be saved? And they answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Give yourself up to Him. Take yourself out of your own keeping and entrust himself, yourself in His keeping. You can't do it on your own, friend. Can't do it on your own. Look at your neighbor and say, Can't do it by yourself. And you will be saved. And this applies both to you and your household as well. Let's go. And they declared the word of the Lord, the doctrine concerning the attainment through Christ of eternal salvation in the kingdom of God to Him and to all who were in His house. And he took them the same hour of the night and bathed 
them because of their bodily wo bloody wounds, and he was baptized. Said all that to say this. We're here to baptize today. We're here to see people's lives set free. We are here to see someone come out of darkness and step and start on a new journey toward light. Is it going to be a rough journey? Yeah, there's going to be a transition period. There's going to be times when you're going to have to deal with a cruddy past again. There's going to be times when you're living for God and you're going to stand up there in front of the guy with the black cape and it ain't Batman. And he's going to say such and such and you're going to say, yes, and I'm living for the Lord now. That's a Jesus story. They don't listen to him most of the time because you know how many sto Jesus stories the judges have heard? They've heard a lot of them. But guess what? You're real, you're genuine, and you know in your mind, you know in your heart, I'm living for God, and I'm almost out of the cruddy buddy stuff, and I'm almost out of the harvest of the dark seeds. And he said, you know, I'm going to be free. I'm not going to owe the county any more money. I'm not going to have to go to probation anymore. I'm not going to have to worry about getting dropped and getting dirty. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to have to worry about this because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, yeah, because I'm free. I'm free. Does it take time? Yes. But I've got to ask yourself a question. At the end of it all, what would you rather have, a mushroom or an oak tree? Because that mushroom will come up in four to six hours and boom, it gets harvested, washed, flour, salt, pepper, greased it up, slider down. I'm talking about you're going to have an oak tree. You're building a legacy. You're building an oak tree. Let's all stand. The devil is going to be upset. The devil is going to be mad. He's going to say, well, they causing confusion. You know, your old cruddy buddy is going to say, you're just not as fun as you used to be. No, you used to like it when I rolled in here with a paycheck, it's like five or six hundred bucks, and we partied all week long and all weekend, and we had all this and all that. But guess what? The money ain't going to partying anymore. It's going to go pay the bills. It's going to pay the rent. It's going to pay the mortgage. It's going to buy groceries for the family. Oh, hallelujah. And then you say, I'm even going to give 10% to God. Woo! That really gets the devil going. Because when Jesus gets a hold of you, he gets into your wardrobe, he gets into your wallet, he gets into your refrigerator, he gets in your car, he gets in your house, he gets in the boat with you, and if you're on the back in the tube, he gets in the tube with you, you better pray he is. Jesus has abundant life for us. Amen. He has a life that he wants to set you free. He wants to make you victorious. He wants to make you live a glorious life. God wants to set you free. The devil's going to scream. He's going to yell. He's going to do all this business. But that's all right. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all right. It's all good. Let the devil scream. Let the devil cry. I would love to just watch the devil cry and cry and cry because he loses somebody else, don't you? I'd like to see him cry so hard. You know, he's laughing when he watches that drunk driver kill three or four people, innocent people, and those souls just fly into eternity, and some of them have never met God. He loves it when he sees those young teenagers and those junior hires drunk and at the parties and everything else. He just loves that. I think it's time to watch the devil cry a little bit as we put somebody down in the name above every name, and their sins are forever washed away. I really think, listen, I really think that we have been too easy on the devil. We have been too easy on the devil. 
because we get the Holy Ghost, we start cleaning up our lives, and suddenly, you know, well, I'm, I'm trying, Brother Tracy, but the devil's been whipping me. I want you to start getting up every morning and start knocking the devil in the teeth and saying, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And this is a day that the Lord hath made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, God has a plan. God has a plan for your life. You're not here by accident. You are here by divine direction. I said, you are here by divine direction. I don't know how you got here. It could have been a newspaper ad. It could have been a radio broadcast. It could have been your best friend came to church. It could have been your family. I'm telling you, you need to thank them every day. Thank you for letting me come here because you are finally discovering the plan that God has for you. And that plan is I'm going to make him an oak. I'm not making him a mushroom. He's not coming up and just blooming and disappearing. I am making him something that they're going to be, the birds can sit on his limbs. People can sit under the tree and get some shade and relief. I'm talking about a Holy Ghost filled life that God has for us. Amen.